Well, hello, Plantable Kitchen listeners. We have a very different episode for you today. Today, on a very special episode <laughs> of our Plantable Kitchen. <laughs> we're not talking about cooking at we're, all. Well, no, we're talking no, about... No, we're not. It's off the oh, table. Uh, no talking about no cooking. No cooking okay. conversation. Uh, we have two... Improv, right? <laughs> Just nothing but no. Yep. We have two very special... <laughs> so mean. Not at all asshole guests here. Uh, please introduce yourselves. Hey, this is Will from the podcast Sunday in the Heights with Dolly. And uh, I'm Dan from such podcasts as 20 Minutes of Banter and The Mac Generation, as well as Slow Claps and Rewrites. They are also our husbands. We'll leave it to you to guess whose is whose. That's so weird that there's like two guys that are husbands. Well, there's three guys that are husbands. (gasps) Wait, wait. I I think you mean roommates. (laughs) Husbands, that's crazy. Three husbands. I believe that's what they said would happen if they allowed gay marriage. (laughs) Yep. I don't have a problem with it. With three husbands. I bet you do. It's a really weird time to solicit me, Kevin. <laughs> That's not what's happening. So, uh, let's t- So, I'm going to be gone for yeah. a couple of weeks. So, this is a special... A couple of weeks. Four weeks. A couple of couple of weeks. Yeah. So, this is a, a, a special episode where we're going to talk a little bit more about veganism. And we have two other vegans here. And yeah. we wanted to know... What, uh, what's your story, man? I don't know Dan's. I want to hear Dan's. Okay, Dan, you go first. How did you become vegan? Tell um, us the journey and the process. Sure. Yeah. Uh, my wife made me do it. <laughs> we specifically discussed him not saying that. Which you'll edit that out. your mistake. <laughs> you'll yeah. edit that out, so it's fine. Uh, my vegan journey, um, was best described as unlikely. I grew up in Montana. Both my parents grew up on uh, functioning farms and ranches, so big beef people. My father's a commodities broker who um, he has made his living entirely in the cattle market. So like beef is king in my family. Ate a lot of meat, hunted growing up. Um, They always like prided myself on being more carnivorous. I, at one point, one summer when I was 17, ate Hardee's, the double, the two-third pounder, the double, you know, cheesy monster burger thing, every day for lunch all summer, until the point where I was so backed up, so constipated. He's going to talk about it. I was in immense physical pain. I thought I was getting a hernia. (laughs) It hurt that much. So I went to the doctor and I got an x-ray. And she put the x-ray up. You had a bowel obstruction? She pointed out my colon. And she goes, so x-rays are designed to pick up bones, not internal organs. So your colon is so densely full. (laughs) (laughs) It's showing up like a bone. I was literally the most full of shit person she had ever met. You ate enough meat to have a baby. (laughs) I ate like a person's worth of. I yeah, I saw like green. How did so? So that's where I start. Like that's just context. Dig it out. Yeah, you got to finish the story um, now. Kiefer and um, Sutherland. 
Yes, Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> made it his mission. He was like, Chloe, we have to find his colon. Um, he's wonderful. He's a fabulous actor. I want him to do a reboot of The Lost Boys. Same character. <gasps> Same character. Oh, wait. You mean The Lost Boys. I was yeah. just thinking Hook. <laughs> I don't think Kiefer Sutherland was in Hook. No, no, he was not. Uh, regardless. That's why it was going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, he'd actually be a great Hook. That'd be fun. Um, anyways. I ate a lot of meat for most of my life, bought into the whole protein myth. Wasn't really a big... Um, Muscles? No, not at all. You can see me. I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite svelte. I'm slender. Very, oh. I'm a slight man. I'm I just didn't blow away in a breeze. Because he was just <laughs> asking if you ate muscles. No, yeah. Not I, if you... Yeah, it's, yeah. Not all about, it's not all about you. Wow, cool. Um, <laughs> so, fast forward, I, I met a girl... Uh, she was she was pretty cool. We got together, got married, and both started thinking about dietary choices and stuff. And my wonderful research-driven, science-minded, scientist of a wife started digging into it more. And the more that we started going pseudo-vegetarian um, and like, oh, we'll only get meat when we go out to eat. Like, we don't need to keep meat in the house. Like, we quit buying... We used to buy bacon at Costco. Yeah, we, that's right, we did. And we ate it. Like, we went through it. And we used to eat so many eggs. And, you know, I was obsessed with my Greek yogurt as, like, the key to me putting on muscle and losing weight was this Greek yogurt from Costco. Yeah. That's what was gonna do it. That was the magic bullet. I believe Greek yogurt will make you a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Very likely. That that would explain a lot. Um, so eventually, we did a 10-day whole food plant-based experiment and just never went back. Uh, granted, there's always the slip-ups where you like eat something and go, God damn it, there was milk powder in that or, or something weird like that. And I did have one bagel. Um, if you saw beet locks on the menu, would you assume that they're locks made out of beets? Yes. Because that's what I thought. Yeah. They were not. It was smoked salmon that was cured in beets, so it was purple. And Maybe. I took a bite and I swallowed a tiny piece of fish mm. before I spit it out and mm. gave it to someone else. I've never heard of that. Yeah. So that was my. That's been my biggest foul up. Um, I was pretty upset about it, but uh... I'll I'll save you from the next time. None of these locks that people are making out of vegetables are any good. Oh. Don't try them. Damn it. <sighs> so uh, that's cool. What, what did you tell? Like when you were eating all of this meat, you said you bought into the carnivore philosophy. <clears throat> like, what were the things you said? Oh, I, I never like I like had disdain for vegetarians, which is still true now, but just for a different reason. I went all the way yeah. around before I thought that they were lame, and now I'm like pussies. Now you, now you know they are. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm like you guys can nut up. It's half of a moral stance. Yeah, exactly. It's like oh, good for you. Okay, that's like saying I'm an independent. Fuck you. I'm an independent. Fuck you. I can't help it. I'm a socialist. The Democrats are way too conservative for me. Yeah, they're kind of a mess, aren't they? So I also would make fun of people for um, being vegetarian. I would, you know, the typical obnoxious things that like an 18 through 22 year old would do regardless. You also like thought carbs were... The making devil. you fat. The devil. He did l low carb diets several times when he was trying to slim down. Carb. How low could I go? Did you have like he ate? He lived off of protein powder and tuna one summer. And That's like really gross. I did yeah. vegetable. I did look 
terrible, to be fair. <laughs> well, he did P90X. That oh. was a weird summer. It was a weird summer. Yeah. I looked all right. Yeah. It looked pretty good. I think we'll have to post that on the Instagram. <laughs> That's right. We definitely don't have pictures from then. I want to know why you were willing to go along with that. Because you could have you could have easily been like, well, you can be vegan. It's okay to not have meat in the house or cheese. I'll eat whatever you make. But when we go out to eat, like, I still want to be able to get a burger. But you didn't do that. Yeah, I didn't want to be divorced. <laughs> you, it looked like you, it just occurred to you that that was an option. No, that I could have done that. Are you kidding me? No, that would have been um, that would have been a mixed marriage, and I don't think it would have lasted. Like, I, I think the the us being married and just getting older, it was like actually considering it and just thinking. I don't really, I don't really need this. And I'll be honest, I thought back on on hunting, and like having to wring a bird's neck after you've winged it, and it's flopping around with a broken wing, and you have to kill it, and you pick it up by its neck, and you snap its neck. That's gotta feel bad, right? Yeah, it but does then feel bad. Bunch of group of guys, you, you have to try and hide it. Well, or do you talk about it? Um, no, never really talked about it. But it was, you know, it's looking back at, at that and thinking. And I also had uh, like a weird joy from eating beef because, ironically enough, my grandfather was killed by a bull. He was a cattle rancher his whole life and he was gored to death by a bull. Wow. Um, I'm so, so sorry. Thank you. Um, Is so, it tough to go to Spain? <laughs> no, it was in the corral. He died in his son's arms on the way to the hospital. So it was a very Whoa. big traumatic family thing that happened when I was six. And so every time I would eat beef, I'd be like, this is, you know, Fuck it's that you, fucking cow. bull. It's that fucking bull. Fuck you. Even though. What happened to that bull? Did you eat no that No idea. Oh. I, have, I have no idea. Um, but I think as I um, had the safety of being married, I could let go of a lot of the toxic masculinity stuff that I had internalized. And a big part of that is the carnivorous mindset and attitude and like killing shit is cool and eating meat is necessary. And that's what macho guys do. I mean, I still like, I performed in drag. I, you know, I, most of my friends are female, but there's still a lot of that script that I think was so internalized that I couldn't actually examine it or do anything. It was probably also antidote. Mm-hmm. You know, the way yeah. you did artistically. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. It was it was that it mm. was that swing. Is like, yeah, I'm I do all this artistic stuff, but I eat a shit ton of meat. I you know I shoot guns and I can do woodworking or whatever the fuck you know. I will say guns are cool. Guns are fun. <laughs> Not every vegetarian is gay, but every gay is vegetarian. Not true. None of that's true. None of that's true. true. (laughs) Not even the true parts. Yeah. (laughs) Not even the true parts are true. What what are your favorite vegan foods? Or, like, what did veganism make you try that you never would have tried before that you really like? Oh, um... I mean, I always... We... uh, Since since we've been in the city and whatnot, like, trying different ethnic foods has been really fun. But... I think I never expected I would get to a point where I would crave tofu. I never thought that would happen. And sometimes now I'm just like, oh, fuck, I really want some tofu. Wait, mm. but what? how is the tofu in, in your craving? Because tofu can be many different ways. You're right. It can be many different Which ways. Way to- is tofu is very fluid. Um, and I, I really appreciate 
um, like a, a good pan-seared tofu that's been sitting in some sort of marinade. Something something you would do for like an Asian stir-fry. That sort of a tofu. For me, it's Kevin's um, ham tofu. Ooh, that ham yeah, tofu that is good. really yeah. good. You made that for, for Christmas. For Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you great. end up, oh, we can't talk about I cooking. Did, I did the slicing, <laughs> and, it, and it sliced did beautifully. Did you cut them thinner than I cut them when you made them, or were they still the same size? She did thinner. Remember, you cut, it, like you cut it in half. It was two, and I did the scoring that's on both. That's right, that's right. So it probably would be better because it's it so more... It got a little more, crispier yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on the yeah. outside. It didn't have... I think there's, a, there's like, a happy medium yeah. where you do, like, two-thirds, yeah. and then the one-third is the crispy bit. Yeah. yeah but. So those of you that haven't had it yet because you're not one of the four of us, it's <laughs> Or Carrie, or Anne. It's so good. Yeah, it's great. It, it's all the part best of, parts of ham. Yeah, which is the outside. Yeah, the glazy mm-hmm. parts. The glazy <laughs> parts. Yeah. Um, so be a glazy boy and make it. Yeah. <laughs> I have a couple more questions for Dan. Oy. Um, your dad had prostate cancer. Yes. So did that weigh into this? You know at it all? did. Uh, yeah, no, watching my father get prostate cancer and have um, he's got a heart arrhythmia issue. And after we'd already gone vegan, he had a stroke while he was on the phone with me and just watching his, yeah. Have I not told you that story? But I'm always making fun of strokes. I know, it's okay. I do it too. <laughs> it's okay. okay. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, we were on the we were on the phone. He recovered very well. He like, recovered he's okay. remarkably. We were on the phone. I was in one car, Courtney was in another, and we were passing each other as I'm talking to my dad. And I'm like, okay, dad, I gotta go. He just keeps talking, doesn't hear me. I rolled down my window to talk to Courtney and was like, okay, well, just I'll call you later. I like gestured to her. Kept driving. Not 60 seconds later, he starts going, ah. Ah, 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 ah. He just like glitched. That's not his thing. No, no. He's he talks all day to clients and people at the clearinghouse. He's on the phone constantly. No, that's not his thing at all. So I was like, "Are you? Are you okay?" He's like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." I'm like. Dad, can you raise both arms above your head? Immediately, I was just like, he's having a stroke. Oh, um, is that the test? Yeah, and he goes, I don't know. He starts sounding like Tim the Toolman Taylor, and then I go, all right, Dad, um, I'm going to call an ambulance, and he goes, no, I'm serious, that's, he, goes, that's, he got it out, he's like, no, and I went, okay, if you can say to me, Dan, I'm not having a stroke, you're overreacting, don't call an ambulance, then I won't. So he goes, I think he was trying to say shit, but he couldn't because he was too stroked out at that point. So That's really scary. Hung up, called the ambulance. When I called back, he he couldn't pick up the phone. He was he already, yeah, whole left side of his body, couldn't move, do anything. They got him to the hospital and administered the TPA, which is the clot-busting drug, uh, within an hour and 10 minutes, he, all from the moment he stroked out to the moment he got the drug. And they can only give it to you within four hours. And the closer to event, the more effective, and the further out, the four higher hours? the chance of brain bleed. Four yeah. hours is a pretty good window, though. It is. It is a very good window. But when you get to the tail end, that's the furthest that they'll administer it because your chance of brain bleed goes up astronomically. So, plus the body tries to like fix itself; it tries to reboot and whatnot. So I assume you always take your vitamin B now. I always, always, always take my vitamin B. 
But uh, he was dancing with my mom at a wedding a week later. Like, he has little flubs where he'll say the wrong word now sometimes, but he's recovered remarkably. So oh, We all do. Yeah. It was like when my aunt was really worried about my mom because she was starting to go- do goofy stuff, and she's telling me about it, and I'm like, Kevin does that every day. <laughs> <laughs> So, all that to say, uh, yes, my father's health was very concerning. Did he, does he eat as much beef as you did? Did he get an impacted colon? He, he didn't ever eat as much as I did, um, but now he doesn't eat red meat at all. Mm. Um, he eats very little. He'll, basically, he's down to chicken and fish. Um, he's cut out the eggs for the cholesterol. I mean, occasionally he'll have them, but not that often. And is the rest of it things you'd want him to be eating? He's trying, but it's not great. He started doing Weight Watchers and then realized that fruit are zero points. So he eats a lot of fruit now, which is good. Yeah, he'll go through four pounds of grapes a week himself. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And it's not wine. No, no, he barely barely drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Cool. What um, the question here says: biggest challenges you've faced? I think the hardest thing has just definitely, definitely been our family and travel. Or when we've been in Montana versus New York, just the options are more limited. Having to cook all the time. Fortunately, I'm married to an amazing vegan chef, but I I always have to pick the restaurant. You know, um, I have to you know plan a lot when it's. Christmas time and there's family stuff and a lot of burden gets placed on Courtney un- unjustly so but you know I do have good people in my life who know that oh we're going out to eat where can you go like that we've had some work functions where like my team's going out and I pick the restaurant because they know and nobody like makes a big deal out of it or anything but it's still you have you feel responsible for everyone yeah. else's good time where it's like hope this restaurant doesn't suck but hey they have two options for me yeah, right. so <laughs> Um, yeah, that's that, and, and yeah, my, my family not being supportive and being shitty about it, because it's not normal. But it's silly. Mm-hmm. It's just silly. And how long have you been vegan? I don't think we asked that. We're coming up on it'll be three years in May. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Longer than me. Wow. Yeah. I'm such a fraud, <laughs> such an imposter. I don't know how your marriage survived him not being vegan for so long. Well, that's We're a great segue. Now. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell us your vegan story. Well, I mean, I will just start by saying I'm definitely at least L9 senior director for vegan. Yeah. <laughs> You've been vegan a long time. Yes. I first went vegan in the summer of before my senior year of high school. Um, and I'm not as young as I look. That was a while ago. What year was that? 2000, which makes Whoa. easy math. <laughs> 20 years. Um, and it's so funny, the way I got there, <laughs> the way I got there, um, I was always the opposite of Dan. I was completely iconoclastic, okay with everything effeminate, um, wanted to do the opposite of what everybody else was doing my whole life, and many times played with being vegetarian as a child, Hmm. like go in and out of it. Because it was different? Yeah, yeah, it was up there with like being gay. Um, But So you're not really gay, you just like the attention. (laughs) It is a choice. 
parts of it. <laughs> and yes, I like the attention. Um, but so I being vegetarian was was no weird thing to consider, and it was something that I decided would help me be more like a hippie when I was cast in a production of Hair. Mm. Which, by the way, is the show that we're doing in our next episode of Sunday in the Heights with Dolly. Fascinating story, the backstory of Hair. Subscribe and rate on anywhere you find a podcast. I hope. Nice. <laughs> Solid plug. That was a great plug. I did, somebody did, was like, oh, are you on blank? And I was like, oh, what's on blank? <laughs> turns out it's on Android phones. Um, Ugh. Uh, so uh, there I was I was playing Claude and I thought oh okay well here's something that can help me get into the, the spirit of this show uh, and immediately forgot about it that same day and when we went to the ice cream truck after school um, this girl got a pickled uh, sausage and I was like oh my god that's so weird can I try it and then ate it and while it was in my mouth I realized oh I'm vegetarian now <laughs> after that I got good at it and then um, stuck with it after the show because I realized I liked the idea of not killing for food and of course by that point was so super used to it that I didn't feel like I was missing anything. Yeah. And so I also remember the last time that I ate meat on purpose because I definitely had some moments of weakness or cheating or stuff, uh, which I highly suggest people who are becoming vegetarian or vegan do, because it is much better than giving up. Mm. If you're an all or nothing person, don't do it. But if you're a person that that thinks like, m- m- I just need it this one time, then have it just this one time, I'd say. Fine. Um, and the last thing <laughs> I did was I had, I had um, brisket, at Seder. I almost said brisket at brisk. That would be <laughs> Ooh. But you don't want to eat the meat they're serving. Yeah. Uh, calamari. Um, and, and I remember it smelled so good, it looked so good, and it didn't taste as good as I thought it would. Mm. And that is nothing against Nava's mom. Nava's mom is an unbelievable cook. It's just that I, at that point, had turned meat into something that was forbidden fruit and and seemed so exotic um, to have. Uh, but then the reality of it was that it, it was just kind of whatever, and I might as well um, st- stick with food that I like just mm. as much that... Um, then doesn't kill an animal, which is why I thought. And so then I kept buying products, frozen products mostly, because being in South Florida in the 90s, vegetarian was like, whatever, but we were starting to get some, maybe Amy's stuff or some other stuff like that. Morningstar, maybe? Definitely Morningstar, but I kept seeing things that said vegan, and I don't believe Morningstar had anything vegan back then. Mm -hmm. Um, By the way, you know the story behind Morningstar? They are uh, Seventh-day Adventist. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I didn't Makes know that. Sense. That's, if I'm not mistaken, look it up. Do they know any, are all Seventh-day Adventists vegetarian? I think that's no, true. Strongly encouraged. encouraged. Oh, I see. Yeah, just, well, I'll, that ties into what I'll say later. Um, I So they said vegan on them, and I was like, what is this word? What does this mean? And I mm-hmm. looked it up, and it's where you don't eat <laughs> the dairy or eggs. And I was like... Why? Why would they not do that? They're not hurting the animal. I was like, you don't want to kill animals? Great. Well, then be vegetarian. But like, why are you being so crazy and have not drinking milk and, <laughs> uh, and not eating eggs? And so then I went on PETA.org uh, at a time where there was just enough internet for me to get videos downloaded, and it was super slow. But PETA was, had stuff that was like explaining why people go vegan, and it was videos of... 
egg farms and dairy farms. And I was horrified, absolutely horrified. In fact, I always tell people when we're having a conversation and they ask how I became vegan, I tell them that. If they're not vegan, I always say, don't watch those videos or you'll go vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of reverse psychology. I mean, aggressive. there are people that I think <laughs> that do watch those videos and then still find a way to justify it. It's like, oh, we th- I think that's wrong, but I buy... Oh, I buy cage-free. cage-free or eggs. those have been shut down. Yeah, or, well, right. that's a violation of USDA rules. It shouldn't be like that. But that's willful then, ignorance. Yeah. Then watch the videos that PETA has of whatever the thing is you yeah, eat. Yeah, Because yeah. they do have videos of whatever yeah. it is you eat. You eat your cage-free eggs, they have the one that shows you the one large cage that they all live in with the same tight-packed stuff. Whatever. Mm. So after that, I became vegan, and uh, you know, Peter had like a download recipes and how to be vegan sort of thing. That part was really tough. It became a lot of like rice and beans for me, and I remember the first time I tried to make vegan cheese, and it was like gelatinous cashew something, and we had to throw it out. It was oh, gross. No. And I was like, I'm gonna make a vegan meal for everybody, and my friends came over and admitted that they had eaten before they came, and. I was so heartbroken by that, but I can't blame them because we didn't know how to execute it very well. And so for years after that, um, my alcoholism really bloomed. And and I definitely had moments where I would become so drunk that I would then cheat. Like I would then go get a brie sandwich at the deli when I was um, at the piano bar next door in Times Square. Or I would um, go get a block of cheese and mayonnaise because it was like all I could afford and make some sandwiches. But... Um, anytime I was in the right mind, I would not, mm. and I would stick with being vegan. I remember the last time I chose to eat dairy was in 2004. It was um, pizza cheese, and it was my birthday, and I thought, what a treat. And again, it was not as good as I wanted it to be, mm-hmm. and I realized I didn't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow. Food is a drug. Yeah, well, I also had definite eating problems. I've gone, I've had weight trouble since I was a kid. Being vegan didn't actually help with that because I'd already lost weight from the drugs by then. So, <laughs> and then as Kevin can tell you, if you get good at cooking vegan, you can gain weight real fast. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We went through a pie phase. It was a pie a day for a while. Yeah. Pie a day? Wow. Pretty much in the summer with like all those fr- farmers. You would walk, I think, through the Union Square Farmers Market on the way home from work and get fresh fruit. And then we would just make a pie and I was learning to bake. We just discovered um, Great British Bake Off. Yeah. Oh, my God. God, and that's awesome. I was trying to learn pie crust, which is actually pretty difficult to do. I maybe it's difficult to do not vegan. I don't know. I never tried. Uh, sidebar: I really, there's a America's Test Kitchen method for pie crust. There's a video. It looks great. I want to try you it. You gotta try that. And so while practicing that, because what I like to do when I'm learning to, to make something is to make it every day for a while. But then it just became like, oh, well, the pie from last night's gone, so I'll make another. There also was a, a baguette a day um, with fancy French jams. Yes. Period. Ooh. Which we'll get some of those jams when we go to Paris yeah. uh, next month. Yeah. Yeah. Great. How? What did your What did your parents and sister think when you went vegan? They were so done with my shit. (laughs) I mean, this was just another nail in the coffin. It was okay. I mean, no big deal. My family was just already annoyed with me, and I was already the weird, different one. Um, 
they were always fine and nice about it. It it beca- it's become like the phase that won't end is kind mm. of how they look at it, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah, they still do ask things like, now will you eat eggs? Right. 20 years later. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they haven't, I don't know if they haven't learned it or if they just only think about it so seldom that they do actually forget, but it's like, now will you eat cheese? And I or... actually don't want to be a problem in the way and stuff like that, so I do feel bad about that sort of thing. But having Kevin being vegan now when I'm with them, it's the same thing where you're like the one single person at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Like now I'm not. Yeah. That's my my loser niece who has yet to find a husband. <laughs> She's ten. Uh, <laughs> and She's six and a half. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, this episode airs in the future. <laughs> um, and yeah. So it's much better now having Kevin being vegan. But it was already good for the years that he wasn't vegan because he can cook better than anybody I know sure. and would cook me vegan and he, as long as he was in charge it tasted good and he said I'll eat anything as long as it tastes good and that's good because I've dated people as a vegan where they're like well we'll always have separate food or they're like this won't work I met a guy once that was like he, I told him he, I was vegan and he goes well I'm nothing but meat I just eat steak nom, 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 nom. Uh, you said you weren't going to talk about that I know. I mean, uh, my father was really into beef, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he liked Mexican beef. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was he was definitely impaled by a bull. <laughs> it's funny, because it's how my grandpa died. Uh, I had a Never kindergarten. Never <laughs> I know. I know. That's please, problem. Please use the stroke thing, though. We use it all the time. How was it being in a relationship with me when I was a meat eater. I felt it was my duty to make sure that you got your meat. Like, I think the the worst thing that I could be is an impediment to, I'm very sure you're going to leave me any minute now. And I didn't want it to be (laughs) because of the food situation. So that's why I bought you the sous vide, you know, and, you know, make be like, hey, eat the meat for me. And, you know, it's the same with drinking. Like, I can't do it. You can. You should do it. I don't mm. want to be something where people are like, oh, well, we really shouldn't drink in front of well, <laughs> you know. Oh, I've seen people that be like, is that okay if I'm eating meat in front of you? And I'm like, yes, eat the meat. That's fine. Like, it's my choice, not yours. Yeah. That's why I actually feel bad that at work, the vegan food is not for me. I don't like to eat it. And, and I work at a place where we have free food. And so I complain about it when in conversation, but I would never complain about it like officially and ask for them to change it or something because it's my th- it's my problem, mm-hmm. you know? Being vegan is my choice. I didn't ever feel like I couldn't eat meat in front of you. And Good. then you just requested like I have a different meat pan if I was going to cook meat. But that's but, true because oh, these okay. things stick around. And like yeah. not yeah. not let it like drip on lettuce or something. Right. Yeah, I just want right. I just wanted me to not eat meat. Right. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't care like if it had meat or dairy in it as long as it was tasty food. It was it was all good. Now the time that you sous vide a steak and then put it on the stove and set off the fire alarms. Mm. I could have done without that. <laughs> I did. I did meet up the place a little bit. Yeah. But really, that is the best way to get a sear on a I, steak. And the easiest way for me to breathe meat. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. true. Ooh, airborne steak. <laughs> so, so it didn't gross you out to have raw meat in the fridge. 
No, I definitely went through a phase where I felt like I couldn't do that when I was newer at being vegan. But the longer I became vegan, the more I, I realized this is not a temptation for me anymore. Meat yeah. is actually totally abstract now. I don't have any interest in it. And people ask me like, hey, if we get that lab-grown dairy or lab-grown meat, will you eat it because it's vegan? And mm-hmm. I say no. Like, it's too late for me and I'm now plant-based and there's benefits from that. I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. Um, so it's fine. These things stayed separate. They didn't touch me. And it was cool. Now, I don't think you ever brought home like carcassy-looking stuff. Like you never, no. yeah, you never brought home like a Peking duck. No. Yeah, I feel like that would be really hard. I didn't. Even I didn't like get an air carcass. compressor and inflate the skin of the Peking duck on the on the countertop and hang it to dry in the window. Don't say that like it grosses you out. You just watched that episode <sighs> it does of that show. I love it. I love it. <laughs> are, are you watching this Chinese cooking show as a horror film? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind okay. Of. Well, I'm horrified by some of the stuff that goes on there too. Yeah. Did, how, how much did you celebrate when he went from meat eater to vegetarian? Were you pretty happy when that happened? I didn't want to put pressure on him. Sure, you didn't want to like show your hand. You're just like, okay, whatever. Well, I really didn't want him to think that he couldn't change his mind. And I really didn't want him to feel like it mattered to us. Mm-hmm. But I have been really happy with him, proud of him. And I told him on occasion, like in a card. Oh, but yeah. it's also That's okay sweet. if if th- this is just a phase for you. I don't think so. I, don't I mean, think I don't so. think if so it, either because you are already yeah. vegan most of the time. Yeah. Now that he's been radicalized, it's true by yeah. farm sanctuary. I'm pretty obnoxious to people at work about it. <laughs> Have you watched the videos yet? Yeah. yeah. No. Oh. But when when it was when you were still eating meat, had you watched videos? I of- wouldn't watch them. Okay. So it's too late now. You've yeah. seen the videos. I've seen you can't the videos. Go back. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now, if you were to like, if we had backyard chickens that were rescue chickens and we fed them and they had happy lives and they laid an egg, maybe I would eat that egg. I was happy to find out what they do with them at the um, farm sanctuary. Yeah. That they cook them and feed them to them because they want to. To get their own protein, Like, that's normal, that they Mm. eat their own periods, they lick them up, um, but that kind of makes a mess and then can get dirty if they do it themselves, so it's better if the handlers do it and cook it. Interesting. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah, but they don't eat them there. They don't eat them. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I knew someone that had chickens and uh, always attracted, uh, like, big black snakes that would then come and eat the eggs at night. Mm -hmm. And snakes scare me. How has it changed being vegan in the past 20 years? Oh my god. (laughs) Completely different. First of all, people know what the word means that aren't in any sort of scene. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I need to talk about how there's a trend of it going on with stuff like the Beyond Meat and Impossible Beef stuff being in store, uh, you know, know, Costco, for God's sake. KFC, you know. Uh, stuff like that. By the way, I'm still not eating that. I'm not going to go to KFC. <laughs> I do not have any guarantee that the piece they gave me wasn't a right. piece of chicken and that it wasn't fried with a bunch of chicken. Yeah. But I fully support people who will eat chicken eating that instead. Yeah. That's great. So, I mean, I didn't... It's kind of like how I didn't expect to see gay marriage in my lifetime. And these things just kind of happened really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. But more than that, when we go traveling, <clears throat> now I have happy cow 
to find places to eat and stuff to do before it was always just like is there a whole foods here um if not is there some sort of natural food store sort mm. of thing where i can get bars or whatever you know and then beyond that it's like ugh, let's pick through the regular grocery store and see what's around and that can get bad you know because most of the time the problem is when you're looking for fastish foods yeah right. where you're like starving and there's you haven't planned for food obviously every grocery store has dried beans but um those Takes, are tough to digest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what have been your biggest challenges or obstacles in the last 20 years being vegan um, poverty was definitely one of them. When I was a broke student and uh, like really a mess and had was counting cents to make food, it did in a couple of times make more sense for me to get a block of shit cheddar sure. than it did for me to try to get anything that was vegan. Could you like eat on your campus? With your I was meal off pass? Oh, okay, you were off campus. When I was on time. campus, it was fine, yeah. Okay. But then I moved off campus and lived out in Queens. Um, and my sister was upstairs, and so was, I would go up there and, like, um, out of hunger, like, pick out little bits of her food in the fridge to the point where she wouldn't notice that I had taken any. Every day, I would eat another, like, fork full of whatever was in the fridge. And oftentimes wow. that meant dairy because yeah. that was the, that. I, first of all, I should probably say I was poor because of the choices that were poor that I made of spending my money on uh, alcohol and going out and stuff mm. like that and cigarettes uh, instead of um, thinking first about like life needs and stuff like that. Yeah. But that period in my life was pretty short, so it became over. That's probably the hardest one. That and how. Mm. Um, there's such a long list of things you have to learn about when you become vegan of like, oh, I can't eat that. Oh, I can't eat that. You know, way. Right. And um, like, I still don't care about sugar. Like, I get the organic sugar that we know doesn't have bone char whenever we're shopping for it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm cooking at my mom's house and all she has is Dixie crystals that might have bone char, because you never know, I just go, well, what am I supposed to do? As, as Peter used to say, the... The world isn't vegan, you know? Do your best. Yeah. I remember I needed tap shoes when I was uh, in, like, 2001 or two, and they had to be, at that time, made out of leather. And I was like, great, there's no other choice? Then that makes it easy. I still still had to do it in my mind because it was what I needed for school. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to pills and stuff like that, that still sucks. Like, I know that the medications I take still have gelatin in them, but what am I supposed to do, you know? Yeah. So I still take them. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm amazed you were able to find resources 20 years ago to help you figure out what what to eat. I get I guess I didn't realize PETA has been around that long. I mean, God bless them. I mean, everybody hates them and now we yeah. have way better charities, but um, and because they spend all their social capital. I mean, they really yeah. should close down hmm. and rebrand as something else. At yeah, this point. they pissed too many people off. But the work that they did um, has long-lasting value, and I appreciate it. Hmm. Man. Mercy for Animals. I love them. Yay. Have you read his book? What's his name? Nathan is the founder of that organization? Nathan Detroit? Yeah. No. You know, it's kind of funny. I have not read 
or watched many of the things that have affected people's choices with food yeah. because I made my choice so long ago that I don't want to torture myself right. by hearing sad stories. Yeah. I can't do it. I mean, it's, mm. I, I, I once, like, in the first few years of it, would have to check in again on the videos to, to be like, I need a recharge of why right. I don't do this. But now I absolutely, I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. I get, I just had a video of chicks being shredded alive pop up on my Instagram feed. Oh. And I can't see that. Great job, Facebook. I can't see that anymore. Um, but I remember... When we were doing our 10-day challenge, our whole food plant-based challenge, we weren't intending on going vegan, like not buying leather products anymore, or even sticking with that diet. But in the middle of it, I watched half of Earthlings, half because I could only get through half. And then I was like, okay, well now, now I can't participate in that I did not, at all. I also did not have the intention of becoming like... As, as strict a vegan as I am now. Yeah. I found that people hated me so much for this choice and would look for holes they could poke into mm. it all the time. They'd be like, yep. what about your shoes? Yeah. What about your wallet? What about your belt? And so I was like, I can't handle this. I'm going to buy the shoes and the belt and whatever sure. that are vegan so I don't have to deal with this. And eventually just got so used to that choice, realized, oh wait, I'm accidentally doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. So, well, not accidentally. I'm doing the right thing for the wrong reason. I might as well like do, want to do it for the right reason. It was the same with honey. I didn't become a non-honey eating vegan until 10 years ago because I just kept thinking like come on they bugs <laughs> yeah I would kill a bee if it flew in the window right now I still will and remember we've gone like on trips where I am the mosquito smashing man yeah. because that, because it's personal at that point you come at me it's personal <laughs> I think when people get that like defensive and attack you and stuff wrong with it's because they know that it's really not right, I think, somewhere, yeah. and they don't want to be confronted with it. It's very difficult for people to know that you believe something that they do is wrong. Is, 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 you have an ethical difference with them. Yeah. It was the same with like gay marriage. Like it, it was very difficult for some people to like still have family that believed that gay marriage was wrong if they mm. believed gay marriage was right. Um, but ultimately, the best thing is if y'all. Just, like, stop talking about it. Most people can't have their opinions changed through discourse. Right. It only comes through exposure to ideas and, mm-hmm. like, observing other people. That's true. You're never going to, like, argue someone into veganism. Yeah. If anything, you'll probably make them more staunch whatever they are. I do find that there's a good mix of people who have some genuine curiosity. Oh, well, that's cool. And... and I, I get that a lot. Or like people, I was talking to a coworker the other day who had no idea. He assumed that cows just produced milk all the time and didn't understand that they had to be pregnant or have just given birth. I was like, you, you know, like, like I said, mom. well, yeah, I was like, like, <laughs> you know, they're, they're mammals and that's how mammals work. And he was like, wow, I never really thought about that. I just assumed cows just make milk and so explaining the process of to be fair they kill them so young because they yeah. stop making milk that it's almost like they do make milk their whole life yeah my favorite is the people that are but then they'll take over the earth it's us or them who i've had that i someone said it's that to us me. or them and then oh also like but they're but they're already there what are we going to do with them you know 
And then somebody did have, like, Peter had a funny tweet the other day where they were like, the only reason why there's so much wool on the lambs that we have is because they've been bred that way so that they have all this wool and stuff. And then somebody said, well, you've kind of proven that we have to shave the wool then. And I'm like, I'm not going to get involved in this sort of thing. But people... People look for all sorts of things involving the animals mm-hmm. that way to prove that there's some need for us to be the way that we were. And it'll also never be everyone in the world stops eating beef at the same time. Like no, consumption will go happen. down and down and down. I mean, that would solve. Let's deal. Yeah, right? we let's might deal survive. with that when it happens. But but it's it's going to be a long term market trend and change. Like that's these things. Like smaller ranch outfits will shut down. Smaller, you know, fish hatcheries or wherever. Like the smaller ones that are not the super mega food corporations. Oh yeah, will shut down. And then there'll be a few of the really boutique farm ranch setups that is the all natural, all organic, grass fed, massaged, whatever the fuck. Um, I mean, if you, you can know, still eat the exist. animal while knowing its name and its story and stuff like that. Wow. You're a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would also say that if we found out that being vegan was worse for the environment, which all evidence says that it's actually much better for the environment, and we found out that it was worse for our health, even though all evidence says it's much better for your health, just don't forget to take your B vitamins, I would still stay vegan because mm. what of the aminals? Well, know? and at this point, <laughs> could you really rebrand? <laughs> Is that the loudest part of me? (laughs) Is that really all that my brand is? (laughs) If so, then I am not flaming it up as much as I can. (laughs) I literally had somebody listen to my podcast and be like, it's so comforting to hear a homosexual lilt. (laughs) (laughs) Was that Jesse? No. Homosexual lilt. If Jesse wants to hear a homosexual lilt, he just speaks out loud. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's wrap this up and uh, eat some pizza. Yeah, we're so, going to have some delicious vegan meat lovers pizza. Mm, with mushrooms. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, well, thank I you guys for uh, being here yeah. and Thanks. sharing your stories with us. Thanks for ambushing us with having to be on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for letting me talk about me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for letting me talk about family tragedy. Yay. And colon. <laughs> your colon. Now let's eat some plants. Let's eat some plants. Let's eat some plants. Mm-hmm. A Secret Weapon Production.